0: to be like the Sun it doesn't discriminate nor does it hate but shines on everyone hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of Sun Gems podcast we're here to share gems of insight to help teachers parents and humankind raise successful children in a classroom or home environment I am your host Matthew Sloan here with my mother-in-law and my former mental teacher Barbara Rabin. Hello, Barbara.
1: Hello, Matthew. Hi.
0: Her innate wisdom, artfulness and mastery of teaching was forged over 40 years as an educator. She has taught in many fine schools, she helped create, direct and was the founding teacher of a successful holistic school in California, and she has been the driving force, primary curriculum resource and inspiration behind other educational ventures. She has an artful, magical approach to educating children. She is a blend of Glinda the Good Witch, Ms. Frizzle from the Magic School Bus, with a touch of general pattern thrown in for good measure. <laughs> Do you like that?
1: I love that.
0: Hey, all right, because it's true. Barbara is a great lover of art and a seeker of truth, beauty, goodness, and above all, love. Through the early life spring movement to her contemplation and meditation practices, of many years in the great Buddhist and yogic traditions. In this podcast, we have the opportunity to listen to Barbara's invaluable insights into the successful raising, teaching, and guidance of children and young adults. In today's episode, Barbara will share the inspiring story of her creation of Rocks in the Basket. This is a quietly revolutionary classroom practice that grows with the teacher and their class throughout the school year and over time. During my mentorship with Barbara, I witnessed the beauty of this method of noticing and celebrating the moments in my own classroom practice.
1: So long, long ago, long ago and far away, in a rural public school district in New York State, I had a class of 28 first, second, and third graders and some of the third graders were actually older than usual, meaning they could be 9, 10, 11, and so bigger. And so we were such a big, crazy crew of individuals. This class primarily was a very angry class, angry, angry the fun never started for these children there was massive poverty lack of food the climate in the fall and through the winter was very very cold and there were very few even winter jackets a breakfast could be nothing or maybe cool whip on a slice of white bread at the most so this This was a difficult group of people. And one day we were on the playground. There was a big maple tree and I was standing not far from it. And there was always a a, a feeling in me of tension and anxiety during recess times because some of these individuals were explosive with their anger and so it was not a light-hearted let's all play together happily smiling and laughing playtime so I'm standing there this one day and all of a sudden a little boy I will call Aaron wound his arm up as if he was playing baseball and had a rock in his hand And he was going to throw it. And naturally, this happened so, so fast. I just saw him do that. And Kathy, a little girl standing not too far from the maple tree, he was aiming it at her. And so he threw it. And it just barely missed her, hit the tree near both of us, and landed on the ground and it was a shocking moment it stopped everything everybody saw it and it was a oh, oh dear kind of moment and recess was clearly over and so all the children came near me walked quietly which was very unusual into school and sat right down i had bent over and picked up the rock. I don't even know why. And so the rock is with us as we go into the classroom. As the children are sitting there, I can see and feel they're frightened. They wonder what I'm going to do, what I'm going to say, what is going to happen next. And Aaron is sitting there fearful and wondering what his punishment would be kathy is unaware of all of this in a certain way because the rock didn't hit her so i looked at the children and said something like i am so glad that we're here sitting in this moment we're all okay aaron i am really happy you missed your target. And Kathy, you're fine too. And if it, if it were otherwise, we would be on the way to the hospital. And it could have knocked out an eye for you, Kathy. It would be a serious and sad, disturbing situation. So it's not, is it? Here we all are. And I just kind of took a deep breath, and I had a little basket sitting on my desk, and I just lifted that rock in my in my hand and dropped it in the basket, and that was the beginning, uh, an unlikely beginning of a practice of attempting to find something good in any situation, every situation, in many, many moments. And I was, I realized, it began to, for me, because this was a very difficult place to be. As I said, the fun did not start for these children. And so the relentlessness of every day I needed to do something about so that I could myself, as the person, the adult in the room, bring something other than despair and anger myself to the situation. So I began by saying, oh, look at the sunshine out our big windows. I'm going to put a rock in the basket. Oh, look at the clouds. Oh, the wind is blowing. And the children just looked at me. Mostly nothing happened. But then as I began to make it, to continue it, to continue it, and the word is relentlessly, to practice (laughs) looking for something wonderful, the energy in the room, the feeling in the room, the atmosphere, began to slowly change. And I could say silly things, anything, and put a rock in the basket. And so that's how the practice began that long ago, Matthew.
0: From what you're saying, it's almost like it started from your own mindfulness practice that you're sharing with the children, is that?
1: Yes, well, I don't think we can give anything, to anyone that we haven't contemplated and reflected upon in ourselves. And so how could I create a caring, loving, happy environment free for children to explore, to risk, to make mistakes, to learn? If I wasn't a student, of all of those things myself. And, a, and being a student never stops. Being a teacher is a funny thing that can come in and out. But a student is forever, a student of life. And so, yes, and being mindful, I think foundationally it's we cannot change anything we are not aware of. And we cannot be aware of a lot about ourselves unless we embrace curiosity. Why did I just say that? Why is the schedule exactly the way it is? Why is my reaction this way when this happens? And so the willingness to do that certainly does come from Many ancient practices and Buddhist mindfulness, of course, is that is at the center of all of that, being curious, being willing to be curious. It's the opposite of saying, now, I'm a person who thinks. I have always preferred. My way of doing this has been and will continue. There's no openness in those statements. And openness is grand, large, creative. And then you do need, in practice, a touch of general pattern because you need to be also able to be decisive, precise. So it's balancing contrasts and opposites in awareness.
0: So where did you uh, get all the rocks from? Did you start gathering rocks with the children, or did you gather them yourself? What, did that become a part of this practice with the children?
1: It did become a practice. And I found rocks here and there, and I would bring them in. And so I had a collection of simple pebbles and rocks, and there were some, unfortunately, on the playground. <laughs> that i could I could bring in into that weren't too big, and then, as the practice became acknowledged and openly done every day uh children and parents began bringing me rocks, and so there i mean there are many ways you can do it as I have suggested and many parents in different schools took up the practice and i would say you can go shopping with your child and buy a beautiful basket you can buy very pretty rocks or you can use a wonderful old basket that you've loved for years and if you're near a beach pick up rocks it's 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 free to decide those things but definitely it's part of the practice because the way we begin things often is an indicator of how they will continue i was mindful of that
0: what i loved is that children would have their favorite rock that was in the collection of rocks in the basket or they would bring a favorite rock in and and i think that helped tre- treasure those moments as well. It's like, oh, I wanna put that rock in the basket for this or that rock in the basket. And it became, although it was you know, quite a philosophical idea, it actually became grounded in a reality where they actually had something that they could treasure as well physically. I, did you, have you noticed things like that with the practice?
1: Yes, a favorite rock. Uh, also, uh, we began a journal Was near the rocks in the basket, near the basket. And the journal was a place where each person who put a rock in would write what was noticed. That was an additional part of it. And then the journal became gradually just filled with moments that mattered, moments where. A good possibility was present rather than turmoil and so at the end of having all of the rocks in the basket we would have a party we would have extra art time we would read marvelous things Uh, maybe I would bring a snack We would sit on the rug together and children would recall moments when a student put a rock in the basket. I remember when I was building blocks and everything fell down and it fell down and oh, then I built it again and it worked. Perseverance. And so that would be remembered and i always was surprised really surprised by how much children remember they would remember much more than i did and it was personal to them it was positive and never ever was a rot taken out of the basket because this was not a behavioral technique meaning a bargain if you come to the rug i'll put a rock in the basket if you pick up your pencil and begin we we'll put a rock in the basket nothing like that ever it was only and exclusively about looking for and then finding a moment to celebrate that was positive authentically 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 positive and so it could be concentration i would say you are all so concentrated right now rock in the basket i'm noticing so much color in all of these paintings rock in the basket
0: it's wonderful that's it really is about noticing something and not not telling, if you do this, I will put this in the basket. It's always about what you actually, what's actually happening and what's present, not about what could be or should be, in quotes, happening. That's what is, is such a practice of being really present to what is there and then helping the children. You're Like you said, though, you're modeling the behavior for the children by noticing these moments. We're helping the children. And what I noticed in my classroom practice with this is that the children would start to say, hey, can we put a rock in the basket for this? Can we put a rock in the basket? And you would, they would start to notice as well. So there's that aspect to it where you're helping them train themselves to notice these moments. Do, would, have you seen that with the practice? I you,
1: you you were reminding me, it seemed as if always, always and forever, someone, some really marvelous individual would raise his or her hand and and say, rock in the basket, we're all concentrating. And it would be a moment of chaos, complete (laughs) chaos. And I would laugh and say, look around, are we really? And then that would offer a moment to be able to talk about how it needs to be it needs to be real.
0: I had a a young student who would always Say something that was inappropriate. It wasn't actually happening. I had the same, and then would say, <laughs> "No, Jenny, that's not happening right now, is it?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. And you see, in the way you just said it, is is key to the success of this practice. There has to be somehow found within myself as I did it a light touch. Uh, it it can, as soon as it becomes dogmatic, as soon as it becomes authoritarian, if there's a hint of that in in the tone, in the atmosphere, it just falls apart. It's a very feet on the ground, very real, and part of reality is subtlety and the tone of voice and the look on in the eyes of the teacher and children are very very good at reading adults often and if you're smiling and you're just being lighthearted and you're not at all not really they will receive that mixed message that's one that's one part of it is looking in oneself for change and for goodness and matthew i found a perfect poem about the teacher what a teacher needs to aspire to in order to do this
0: can you share it with us
1: i can it's called the journey by mary oliver One day you finally knew what you had to do and began, though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice, though the whole house began to tremble, and you felt the old tug at your ankles, mend my life, each voice cried. But you didn't stop. You knew what you had to do. Though the wind pried with its stiff fingers. At the very foundations, though their melancholy was terrible, it was already late enough and a wild night and the road full of fallen branches and stones. But little by little, as you left their voices behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of clouds, and there was a new voice, which you slowly recognized as your own. That kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world, determined to do the only thing you could do, determined to save the only life you could save. And that obviously is our own. And that is the curiosity in the teacher with children to be willing to be open to more goodness in my own self, regardless of the surroundings, regardless really of many circumstances, because the attitude is the only thing that is often possible for us to change. And those are words I love. To do, to do it is a lifelong struggle it's a big war, it's huge, it's the dance of life, it's celebration, it's big contrast and the will to practice these ideas.
0: What, what that brings to me is that I, I see visually, I see General Patton marching with Glinda the Witch standing on his shoulders.
1: <laughs> yes. That's the goal. It's
0: like we, we use our <laughs> general pattern to stride through it but what we want to share is that magical, glorious, light-filled being of Glinda the witch. And anyway, that brings us to the, the the thought, so when we're talking about we we fill the rocks, the basket with rocks, and then we have a celebration. You spoke before that one of the things you love to do is not take away, you know, not it wasn't about bringing anything too much into the classroom. It was about celebrating with what you had. And you said that you created a game called the car wash game for the celebration. Can you can you go into that a little bit? I thought that was wonderful.
1: Yes, there are two parts to that idea, and I will explain car wash. However, with with parents who liked the idea, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't giving them a to-do list. To do the idea that was expensive. And so, in order to do it, we have to, you know, get the most beautiful basket. We have to buy this for the celebration. We have to have the puppeteer come in, all these things. And so, I wanted to exemplify a simple way to celebrate without spending money, maybe any money at all, just the celebration and acknowledgement of being together. And that is what car wash is. The children line up facing each other, two lines, and then one individual is at one end of the line and moves through. And as the student moves through, every other student, has thought of something to say that is wonderful. I like to play with you. Happy day. I I love how you play soccer. You're such a good reader. Your artwork is fun. Anything, anything at all. And so, of course, all of those things are language development, aren't they? And so one of the things that we're doing with young children always, it's language arts doesn't ever have a period, it is always. And so this is just one more way to bring social emotional understanding into language that can be spoken in the classroom. So everyone has thought of good things and through the long line goes each student. And because the rule that is never deviated from is that this is a time to acknowledge, to appreciate, to praise, uh, to say something positive. There's a feeling of freedom, a real feeling of freedom and happiness in that room because no one is afraid of what a particular person is going to say so that alone changes everything and so it was a very very happy uh, practice and it takes a long time depending on the size of one's class
0: we have touched on this But it would be good to emphasize what would you say about the atmosphere and the environment this created in the classroom?
1: It's extremely basic and profoundly important. Whenever we and easy, I think, to to talk about in a fundamental way, when we go into a large gymnasium for a basketball game you can't help but feel the entire atmosphere and the electricity and the particular kind of atmosphere that is there. When we visit anyone's home, we just feel the energy that is present. I don't know a word better than energy or different from atmosphere. And so the atmosphere in a classroom can be created in a very purposeful way or a haphazard way. Uh, If it's purposeful, one sits in the middle of it, and I used to wonder what would make this room appealing to seven-year-old explorers? What would make this room appealing to six-year-old lovers of blocks or art or books, books everywhere. Putting together a classroom from the point of view of asking questions like that and keeping it fluid as the year goes on is a wonderful practice. And I would include words near the ceiling of whatever room it was and. They would be words such as love, courage, concentration, joy, laughter, peace, fun. And they would just be sitting there. And always I included a poem or two, and then those changed that could be spoken of, talked about through the time it was, it was present. And all of those things served me because if I'm looking up at joy and I'm looking up at laughter, when was the last time I laughed? <laughs> and so it's helpful for, it was helpful for all of us to create that purposeful environment
0: I think that's a beautiful way to end it. The practice of rocks in the basket helps the teacher and the students create a purposeful environment. I, I love the magic of this practice and I saw <laughs> it and it, I enjoyed it so much. You could do so much with it. You could notice little Tommy. I never had a Tommy, so I can say that. I, you notice little mm-hmm. Tommy, He he had listened to what happened in conflict resolution and he's being kind with his friend over in the corner that he's now become a friend because of this practice. And you can put a rock in the basket. There's so many aspects to it that you can notice.
1: Yes. And then you celebrate them. Yes. One of the most important ones I didn't mention is what you just said. If often with conflict and then conflict resolution and with however long It would take to move that mood or energy and let it dissipate. Those moments, I found great value in saying, look how we're all feeling right now. Just think what happened a few minutes ago. And look what you did. You just felt it. You went through it. And here we are now. Let's put a rock in the basket. Excellent. So Matthew, yes.
0: Let's put a rock in the basket for the end of this show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so thank you everyone for listening. Materials are available on our website, sungems.live. That's S-U-N-G-E-M-S dot L-I-V-E to support you in the method and practice of rocks in the basket. Again, we encourage you to send in your questions or dilemmas and we will reflect with you on possible solutions to succeed with the children in your care to sungems at gmail.com. That's numeral one, S-U-N-G-E-M-S at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and engaging with our program. Goodbye.